Hi, my name is Eddie C, and welcome to my positive podcast. I'll bring you positive stories of people from all walks of life because everyone has a story to tell. Welcome, welcome, welcome to my very first My Positive Podcast show. I'm so enthusiastic and glad to be able to share these stories of people from different parts of the world with you today. And I tell you what, there's so much going wrong, and this is the one show where you can get a lot of positive energy from. Welcome to My Positive Podcast. Well, let's welcome my first guest. He's from originally from Gary, Indiana. We're old school buddies. We graduated from high school together. And he now lives in Atlanta, Georgia. He's an ex-police officer, does a lot of community service for his church. And he has his own radio station together with a couple of friends called JSFM. Please welcome Mr. Keith Foster. Okay, let's see what I can do. All right. <laughs> Hopefully so, I'll set the stage. <laughs> okay, man. <laughs> so listen, so Keith, uh, yeah. can you tell me a little bit about uh, what brought you to Atlanta to become a uh, police officer uh, okay. after, you, after you came out of high school, you know, uh, right. and went to college? Just right. Spoke- That's what happened. Here's what happened. Um, I have a cousin named Stan. He was a freshman at Morehouse College here in Atlanta. I was mm-hmm. a senior at Westside. Right. I was contemplating going to IU, Purdue, you know, places up in the Midwest where I knew a lot of people were going. So he invited me to come visit him in April. Now, you and I both know back home in April is iffy. It could be nice. It could be chilly. Right. Well, I got off that plane in Atlanta. It was like 75 degrees and that was in the evening. The <laughs> next day it was like 80 something. He took me across the street over to Spelman. And at that time it was Clark College. It's Clark Atlanta University now. Long okay. story short, it was like a black mecca down here. And I was like, that's why I'm going to come to school down here. So that's why I wanted to come down here uh, to attend Morehouse. Look up All here. right. Yeah, and that's what it was, man. And and what got me into law enforcement, to be perfectly honest with you, I had an uncle who was a police officer in Gary for a short while. Right. Another good friend that we used to hang out at his record store. I don't know if you remember Earwax. It was in... Um, I remember Earwax, yeah. I remember right. that back in the day, yeah. yeah. David Hale, his, his dad and his mom owned a record store there. And Dave's father was a police officer. So long mm-hmm. story short, the way that these gentlemen carried themselves uh, kind of led me to want to do this. And how I decided I wanted to be in law enforcement, Atlanta just seemed to embrace me, brother. It was like the people were here were so kind. I just liked right, the right. vibe and everything. And my way of giving back, because I'm, I'm, I'm by nature a coverer, basically. And mm. I figured, why not join the police department and protect the village? Oh, that's fantastic. Crazy. That's yeah, beautiful, man. That's basically sure. how I did it, man. Yeah, All absolutely. Right. And I wanted to get involved in the community, and that's what got me in law enforcement. All right. Mm-hmm. And that was, that's is that something that's sort of like, it just came up all of a sudden, or was just basically, you just sort of like grew in it? I just, like you said, I feel I feel good with this, uh, just being, I, I just want to be a cop, because I just want to, that's just, yeah. that's, was a calling. I feel good about it, man. I, I always dug it, because like I told you about my uncle and Dave's dad, and don't laugh at me with this one. I used to watch the show called Hill Street Blues. I don't know if you remember. Hey, that. man, yes, I remember. Yes, sir. Right. And the cat named Michael <laughs> Warren, he played the black police officer. And so I used to sit and watch this show. And I watched the way he interacted on the show and, and in the community and whatnot. I said, I could be that dude right there for real. So okay. that coupled with my uncle and watching this show and wanted to cover Atlanta, that's what 
That's the inspiration. That, 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 was that, was, that was my inspiration, brother. Playing All right. Yeah, oh, fantastic. Great. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, listen, I, that's, that's, that's great. And, and, and I know in high school, man, you were always people person, man. So that's, yeah. you know, yeah. with the parties and all, hey, you know, yeah, you mm -hmm. are, Keith is always there, you know. <laughs> I try. <laughs> that's good. No, really, man. Really, yeah. you know, you, and you were an asset to, to, to us as a, as a classmate, you know. Yeah, well, I appreciate that, man. Feelings mutual, brother. Appreciate yeah. it. Mm -hmm. So uh, let me ask you, I'm going to ask you another question, which is like, you know, how can you briefly tell us about uh, your internet station? Because I know you, you're you a big jazz and, and soul oh, fan, yeah. but but the jazz is, I know that's where your heart lies to a large yeah. part. Yeah. Oh. So, you know, you, you have your, your your internet station, which is a J, the JSFM. Right. right, JFSM is short for yeah. Jazz Funk Soul Movement. All right. right. How did you come on that idea and how did that all come together for you? Because it's it's actually growing to be pretty popular as an internet radio station now. Yeah, and that's what we're thankful for that, man. We really appreciate people tuning in and the uh, notoriety is building and, and it's worldwide. What I dig about internet, man, we get people from everywhere. At any given day, man, over half our listeners would be in other nations, other countries, not even in the U.S. So right. that's what's so cool about it. So we get to share the music worldwide. But to be perfectly honest, the way I got involved was there were two other officers I used to work with, with APD, right? Right, uh, right. One guy, Ed, mm -hmm. you might be familiar with Ed, and Kenyalu. And okay. we all were, all three of us were music lovers. In fact, when we got together on duty or off duty, we didn't talk police. We talked music all the time. <laughs> All so, right. All so right. that was the thing. So it, it was anytime I saw what you up on, man, what you buying, who you listening to. That's that's how the conversation always started. Okay. So talk, I talk, retired, talking about really being on the beat. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I like that. Really being on the beat, brother. And so right. Ed, um, I retired first. Okay. Mm -hmm. right. And Ed retired shortly after I did. Ed was the last one to retire, but and Ed was the one that brought us into the fold, to be honest with you. He said, Hey, look, guys. When I retire, I want to start this internet radio station. I know you guys love music just like me. So I was wondering, would you guys be interested in coming on board? We're like, dude, seriously? Really? <laughs> so Ed finally retired. He took him a two-month vacation so he can jump into retirement. And long story short, uh, we came on board. And we had the, the name. He Ed actually came up with the Jazz Funk Soul Movement. And um, the three of us have been doing it. And shortly afterwards, Pamela London, a young lady who was Kenyalu's a good friend of his, Mm -hmm. uh, she used to do a little DJing on a private little station. He was back, so she joined the fall. So the four of us has just been trying to rock it, man, and make it happen. And, and but you all are located in in Atlanta. Everybody's in Atlanta from the yes. From everybody's the living locally in Atlanta, right? All mm -hmm. right, okay. And that's it's, it. Amazes me. I discovered there's so many people from Gary that, uh, especially from from our class, that right. ended up coming to Atlanta. So that's that must be that must have been a new. It Atlanta. was. You, you know what I call Atlanta? I call Atlanta Gary South. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> that's what I, call I can't it, imagine. Kind yeah. of but yes, a lot of us down here, man. So it's and, and, and it's great in such a sense because we're able to stay connected. We have this mm -hmm. little nucleus of a bunch of us. We, we used to have Gary parties, if not mm -hmm. Gary parties, just Gary gatherings, and we had this right. thing called Gary Guys Out. But we just yeah. made at a sports bar. No, nothing because I'm not out hanging out late anymore like I used to back. No, then. man, I mean, those, those are different days, you know. Yeah, absolutely. We may go to like a little sports bar or something and catch a game and I'm back right. home in bed by midnight. <laughs> you know? uh, and nothing wrong with that, man. But it's yeah. good to see. It's good to see everybody and uh, give a little shout out to all the brothers out there that, you yeah. know, from here mm -hmm. on the other side of the ocean. You know, I'm not there in body, but I'm there with you guys in spirit. Absolutely. Man. But you're right here with some spirit, man. <laughs> sure. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, it's, 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 it's really nice that, um, you know, you're able to 
bring some music into the world and, and internationally. That's one of the things about modern day internet is mm-hmm. that we're able to bring the world, you know, closer together uh, in, in many ways. And this show is about positivity and that's a real positive thing. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Um, I got one more question for you. Um, and this is one which is based on our theme, right? Because our, our theme today is uh, giving. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to know, what does giving mean for you? For me, giving absolutely starts with receiving. And what, what I mean by that is I've received so much in my life in such a positive uh, way from different people who have influenced me from initially my parents. My dad was always an outgoing, giving person. And mm-hmm. I've, I've pretty much fallen in line with my dad. It's not so much what I heard him say as it was what I saw him do. Right, and he right. was always making himself available to people. And mm-hmm. I can remember like on, on Christmas mornings, we would have to go to his his sister's house and visit everyone. And she had this thing about a man has to be the first one in the door in the new year, New Year's Eve. So, I don't know what <laughs> that superstition is. The, the super superstitions, you know, yeah. I, I, no, I, no, no women coming in the house on, in your house on New Year's Day. Right, and stuff. right, Yeah, right. I know how it goes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Man. but the giving aspect of it is, it's just <laughs> had to be something that's inherently in you. And when you give, it's my personal opinion is if it doesn't come from the heart, that means there's a separate agenda for it. You get what I'm saying? If you if you're doing something to receive something on the back end, for me personally, I don't think that's how you should be giving. If it's something you need done, you need to see something happen, uh, just go ahead and make it happen by making happen by making yourself available and going right. and talking to people. Yeah. Right, right. So that's that's what that's a, that's a beautiful. And you're doing a lot of uh, I, when I spoke to you earlier uh, uh, in one of our talks, um, you were mentioning about you're doing a lot for the church uh, as far mm-hmm. as f- uh, food and because uh, you're doing are you putting uh, dinners and lunches together for is yeah. it for for the, for the homeless or needy? Uh, what some exactly are homeless is that? and some are, and particularly now with the pandemic and everything, a lot of people have lost their jobs. And mm-hmm. let me tell you how this came to be. I actually was taking a donation to the church. For my mother-in-law. Okay. And ladies were coming out and getting other food out the trunks and loading it up and taking it back inside. And that particular day, I'm like, where are the guys? You know, I, right. these ladies coming out grabbing these big boxes. So I got out the park car, got out and helped him. And now it's been over a year now, but every Wednesday, it's I just go back. That's what I do. That's my part of giving. And, and it's such a, a, a joy to, to see everyone coming in and giving to the church. So the weekend, in turn, give it back to the community, to the people right. who need it. Yeah, so that's how that came about, man. So it's just I just happened to be at the right place at the right time. I saw a need, and I've always been one about covering, and I definitely like covering women since I have a house of estrogen. Remember, my <laughs> wife and daughter. So I think that all comes right. naturally. I couldn't all see right. the ladies though. So that's how I got involved with that. Okay, so that is that's basically what your meaning of giving is. And listen, I want to. You know, thank you so much for taking the time out to uh, to be on my show oh, yeah. and, and to share a little positivity out there to everybody in the world that listens to this podcast. And um, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's, it's been a pleasure, man. I, I want to thank uh, once again to the, for the people out there. This was Keith Foster. He's uh, an, an, an alumni, old alumni high school buddy of mine. Okay. Uh, uh, ex-police officer, retired police officer, and uh, and now he's got his mu- music radio station, JSFM, so check it out. 
You might Please hear, do. You might even hear me on one of the jingles. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and not just a jingle, some of your music. You know? Absolutely. All right. Appreciate it very much. A lot okay. of love to you, brother. Much Stay love to you, brother. And, and a lot of positivity over there where you are. And keep spreading the joy, buddy. I certainly will, man. You do the same. Right. Much love to you, man. I love you, man. Right. I love you too, bro. This is my positive podcast with Eddie C. Ladies and gentlemen, our next guest is Lisandra Chacon. She's a uh, fitness uh, expert and also a health expert. Uh, hi, Lisa. Welcome to the sh- Lisandra. Welcome to the show. Yeah, well, thank you. Uh, can you tell me, tell us a little bit about, you know, how you got interested in uh, fitness and when you started taking it very serious as a professional? Yeah. Um, I used to do ballet before. Okay. And then when I was from six to 10, uh, 16 years old. Okay. And then I stopped and I wanted to do something else. So when I was 16, I started working out uh, with weights in a gym. Okay. And I saw my body was um, transforming. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I liked that very much. So I okay. became very interested in knowing about the body and how someone's body can transform just by changing the way you eat and let's say training, you know, working on yourself. Okay. All right. Wow. Started in the gym. So I started to get into fitness. Did you, did you still continue dancing as well uh, in combination with that or was that just, no, pre- I, oh, Yeah. Yeah, I stopped completely with dancing <laughs> and okay. concentrated, I'm concentrated only on um, the fitness, but not professionally yet. Okay. Um, yeah. Then I came to the Netherlands. I'm from Aruba. All right. Okay. Yeah. And then I came to the Netherlands to study. Okay. And when was that? How long ago was that? Um, since 1988. Oh, okay. So you came to came to the Netherlands. So you've you've been actually in Holland for quite some time. Yes, about thirty four years. I'm here. Okay, yeah, that's quite some time. <laughs> All right. Too long. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and 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 now with and and in these days with Corona times, uh, it's hard to travel anyway. So uh, it's but it's good that you're here, helping a lot of people out. You know, with your with the fitness and. Uh, Helping with the healthy, healthy lifestyle, you know. Um, yeah. You know, I was um, uh, getting back, getting back to your whole fitness thing. Is there a certain routine that you do yourself? Because I, I saw some of your pictures, and I mean, you really, you look fabulous. You, you really got everything well toned, and uh, I see you got, you got quite a few people following you as well. So that's that's. Is there a special routine you do yourself every day? Uh, um, to be honest, it becomes a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So I don't really call it dieting. It's just um, I eat a lot of uh, proteins. Okay. Because that was the proteins and fat. If I take too much carbohydrates, I will get fat. Okay. So and that's yeah. something that I do not want. Yeah. And I, I think. It's I think for everyone, it is good to know uh, how your body reacts on certain type of food. Right, right. So that you can, so that you can adjust for yourself 
what works for me so that my body can always, so that I can always look good. Yeah, that's, well, that's what I do. Okay, great. Yeah, I, I try to avoid the carbs as well, uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm basically a vegetarian, so uh, okay. I, uh, I've been doing that for <laughs> some time. I think you got to do, you got to do what works for you. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That's that's very important. You got to feel comfortable in in your skin and with what you eat as well. That's very important. Exactly. Yeah. And I work out five uh, days a week, mm-hmm. and oh. I do. I train. Um, like the body has five um, muscle areas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, would you like to elaborate a little bit more on that? So, mm-hmm. like you have uh, the chest. The arms, so bicep, triceps, mm-hmm. the back, the legs, and the glutes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the abdominals. So those those are the the most muscles that you train. Okay. Okay. So what I mean in in those five days, I work out all of them in five days. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I've saw some of your your videos on your uh, on your Facebook uh, page that you posted and. Uh, I mean, you really take it with with full heart, and that's nice to see. Um, you're also you're also helping a lot of uh, people with personal training. I see as well. Huh? Yeah, um, I used to be. I used to work in human resources before. Okay, and and, so and what what exactly what exactly did you do with uh, in in that branch? Uh, human resources is like. I used to give advice to, um, um, let's say the those high in the in the company. Okay, yeah, executives. Yeah. With change in the organization. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, and uh, so do you do you still do personal training as well for uh, for some of your uh, people that you're working with, or uh, or is that? Um, Six years ago, I decided to become a self-employed, become okay. self-employed. Okay. And, and you to make my passion, which is the bodybuilding or working out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My job. So I changed uh, from career. All right. And studied for a personal trainer. And since then, um, I've been training and helping people to change their bodies. Wow. That's that's amazing. That's great to follow your dreams. I know all about it because at one point in my life, I did the same thing, just chose for my dream. And then uh, then the greatest things happen because you can put all your passion and heart into it. You know, that's true. Um, so what kind of let's say we, we spoke actually about the, the dieting, the dieting, not dieting, following what feels good for you. But what advice do you give to a lot of your, uh, let's say, to your customers or to, the, you know, that come to your training school? Or is there a certain basic thing you do with them? Or do you say, listen, just avoid certain things? Or do you make a, a, a special, uh, let's say, more or less diet per person? Um, it, it depends on, I asked the client first how the client eats. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, based on, and mm-hmm. also what is the goal of the clients. All right. Okay. And I also, I also weigh the clients and then I check how much kilocalories can client eat per day to achieve their goals. All right. Okay. And secondly, I ask if there are things that, uh, they are intolerant for, 
Oh, right. Okay. Right. Like lactose or, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. Yeah. What the body cannot take. Mm-hmm. And based on that, I make um, a nutritional scheme for them so that they can lose the weight that needs to be lost. Mm-hmm. But I also want to teach them to, um, to analyze for themselves what works for them, as I told you. Because right, I can right. make a scheme for you, but it might not work for you right right exactly exactly oh that's that's fantastic that that's 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 great um are you doing that are you focusing um basically on uh, adults or or do you work with kids as well children uh, young kids or no my focus are um my clients are between the 25 and 60 years old okay oh i fall all the way out of that group <laughs> 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 yeah because yeah i i prefer not to train young kids so okay. i but what about this but, but but what about the seniors i mean uh i mean life doesn't stop at 65 <laughs> no, but most, no that is true but most seniors do not take personal training i see them more they like to how to say it, they like that like, the group training mm-hmm. right right they like like group lessons. But do you do but, do you do group you do group training for seniors or not? No, I I like the one in, one on one more. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not um no I I sometimes I do small group but that's like four to six people. Okay, okay. But not uh, a group of 12, 13, 14, 15. No, I don't okay. do that. Okay. Okay. Well, that's just, that's just what, that's good to know. Just good to know. Um, you know, we, we have in the, uh, in the program, we have with our theme is today's, which is called giving. And, uh, I, I would like to know what does uh, giving mean for you? Oh, wow. <laughs> um, for me, I believe, um, Giving, if you give with a cheerful heart, you know, not giving because I want something back, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. giving with a, with a cheerful heart and seeing how happy the other person can become. Right, right. Uh, that makes me feel good. Okay. Um, and and you do that. That's that's what you do with, of course, when you're doing your training with, uh, with others and uh, uh, other things that you do around your training uh, that that gives you that nice feeling. If I may say in a biblical manner. Mm-hmm, sure. <laughs> sure. Of course, preach on my sister. I mean, they, say what, what, they say what you sow, you shall reap. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right? Right, right. In a right. Biblical manner, when you give cheerfully, you shall always have. You shall not lack anything. Great. So that is what I believe. <laughs> All right. But that's good. But that, that's very good that, you know, uh, this is the nice thing about this podcast is that there's so many different people from different backgrounds, different professions and all. And, uh, and everybody has a story to tell. So it's, it's very good when you have something to say and it's, it's your own personal positivity uh, mm-hmm. thing that, that, that means for, you know, what that means for you. I, 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 that's that's a beautiful that's a beautiful thing you know mm-hmm. we do you, i want i have one little ask a little tiny question along with the giving um are there other things that you do other than your 
um, let's say outside of your training, because I know that's, that seems to be, that's a big satisfaction of giving, uh, are you doing any other activities, let's say outside of your training, uh, uh, other, let's say activities that are, have to do with giving or helping others and stuff like that? No, at the moment not, but I believe um, with the personal training and um, I also uh, massage. Okay, you get massages as well. Okay, yeah. Massages as well. And I notice many people, um, they are stressed or they have uh, uh, problems. Right, right. And they want like a listening ear. They want to... Yeah, to that even just for me to listen to them is already freeing for them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I believe the advice that I give them or just being there for them is also right. a way of giving. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. So I think that's the way I do it. Oh, that's fantastic. Especially, especially now with the corona and COVID stuff. Yes, people can use positivity in the world right now with all the things going on. Well, listen, uh, uh, Lishandra, I would love to to go on talking with you longer, but we only have a certain amount of time, but I really appreciate you being on the show and uh, sharing your positive ideas about how you're bringing something to the world and to others. And uh, I want to thank once again, uh, thank you, Lisa, Lishandra. Chacon. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I got it right that time. Yeah, you got it right. Okay. Well, once again, thank you so much. And um, well, you know, keep doing those good, positive things and uh, a lot of love and uh, peace to you. And uh, I'm sure we'll see some good things coming your way in the future. Yeah, I, I pray the same for you guys. <laughs> All right. Thank you okay, very much. You. Okay. Bye-bye. My name is Eddie C., you're listening to my positive podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, my third and final guest is a good friend of mine. And we go way back many years ago in Holland, where we first met. He's originally from the state of New York and now living in actually in New Mexico. His name is Mr. Al Rogers. Hi, Al. How are you doing, buddy? Hey, Eddie, I'm doing great. It's great to hear from you. Okay, well, thank you, man. It's good to have you on my show. And uh, I know you always have a lot of positive things to say whenever we, we communicate with each other. So uh, I, I'm, I'm very, very, very honored to have you in the show uh, today uh, as well. Listen, uh, one of the questions I would like to actually ask you and, and also so our listeners know what's going on is, what, you know, where did you get your inspiration to start playing uh, music, uh, you know, on the piano and singing? Um, because you got a fantastic voice as well as being a great player. And then you've got this nice, actually, this real nice, rigid sort of Lou Ross Black sound in your voice, which is real nice to hear, you know? Well, my love for music really started with my dad, who used to let me cheat on naps, and he would have me lie down on the sofa, and he would play records of classic or jazz. And through my dad, I got to know Duke Ellington later on and Billy Taylor, because my dad was the music and art editor of the magazine section of the New York Daily News. Mm -hmm. um, and then in my teens, what really formed a lot of my musical feeling is, as you, as you noted, the, you know, a lot of people always said, you know, that I sounded like Lou Rawls or Joe Williams and mostly black singers is because my, where my grandmother lived, 
was a heavy, heavily populated town of minorities and and, and Afro Americans. And mm-hmm. I used to hang around with them uh, uh, by accident. There was a great record shop that played Motown the whole day long. And across the street from that, there was a luncheonette called C&J's Luncheonette. The owner was a, also an African-American. And I met a good friend, Richie, yeah. who was sort of a mentor and, and so forth. But, you know, I was constantly hanging around. I, I ended up playing with a soul band there. There was a studio there that supposedly did uh, uh, sort of remote recordings for uh, Motown occasionally. And so every once in a while, I used to do an organ track. And so that's basically how I got into the, the R&B stuff besides jazz. Okay. And then, yeah, go ahead. Now, well, go, go right ahead. Tell me a little bit more about it. I'm not... Well, later on, I went to the Manhattan School of Music. I was a piano and voice major. And uh, I enjoyed it. I mean, I did enjoy the music of opera and so forth. But, you know, I left Manhattan and I, I, I just had to get back into jazz and, and pop music and stuff. And, and so I started unlearning what the opera vocal teachers taught me. And uh, actually, when Lou Rawls came out with his hit, uh, You'll Never Find, around 1976, which gave his career such a big boost, it was a great thing for me because my voice was right in that category. So his stuff was so easy for me to sing. So that's, that's, uh, that's basically how, what got that going. All right. That's how you became the, the blue-eyed soul brother. As <laughs> you would say. <laughs> All righty. Well, listen, um, I know at one point, like I said, we met we met many years ago uh, when we were both living in the Netherlands and um, uh, at one of these uh, event gigs. And I remember seeing you play on the piano and singing. And I was I think I was gigging with another band somewhere else. And uh, we got a chance to meet and talk with each other. And then eventually we spoke about doing a collaboration together for a song that I had written. Um, but what were your experiences like, you know, living in, you know, going from, from, you know, New York state and then moving over to a little country like, like Holland, uh, in the Netherlands and, and, uh, performing there, how, how were, how were your years of experience there? And, and actually how long did you stay over there? In fact, well, I was, I was there for 22 years mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and for me, you know, personally, uh, as soon as I, got out of the car after landing in Holland. I just felt at home. It was, it was almost like I had lived here in a, in a past lifetime. I mean, I just was extremely comfortable professionally. Mm-hmm. That was the big difference because for instance, and, and you may remember some of this too, the, the, the gig scene in the United States and especially a lot of those clubs, you know, people would ask for requests and some mm-hmm. of them were nice, but yeah. there were a lot of them that just wanted to pull out a wire of big bills and uh, impress everybody when they were asking you to do a request. Right, and, right. Uh, you know, and you had to be drinking a lot. My agent even, you know, used to make sure that I was drinking. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I sometimes would even pay you to stop playing for a while, you know. Right, right. And when I got to Holland, it was it was like people were into the music. I mean, they they, they had respect for the musician. They they would actually listen when, when you, they made a request. And... It was it was it was just really neat. The only thing is, of course, the Dutch people that did not come to those clubs, you know, they'd ask you, "What do you, what do you do?" Oh, I'm a musician. Well, yeah, but what do you do for work? Right, right, so, right. Yeah, I've had that a couple of times as well. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, the the experience there. Um, 
was it, I mean, what was the actual, the main reason that brought you to Holland in the first place, you know? Uh, well, uh, that was a love story. Um, oh, you know, love story, love all right. With a, with a, with hey, that's, po that's, that's positive, you know? Yeah. <laughs> okay. we, we fell in love in New York and the relationship ended later on, but then later on I had another very excellent relationship, so. All right. And, and of then, course, that the career took off as well, so that, that helped also. Okay. But then, um, so you were over there for 22 years, and what was the reason for going back? And, and then for all, and then going to New Mexico of all places? Well, I uh, met and fell in love with a woman out of my past. And we have a very strong uh, connection, which is more suitable for the Oprah Winfrey show than here, maybe. But um, <laughs> so I, it, it was too strong. So I amazed myself by going back to the United States. And we lived uh, for uh, several years in upstate New York in the Adirondacks, mm -hmm. which was a, sort of a musically different kind of situation because most of the entertainers played guitar and uh, played the, you know, the country genre or right, right, right. Jimmy Buffett songs. Mm -hmm. But um, I found a new uh, career since I was relatively unknown back in the United States and getting older. So I, I started teaching and I, I taught special ed music for All behavioral right. kids, for Down syndrome kids, autistic oh, kids. Wow. Um, and, and it was an amazing thing and because oh, you know, these kids had so much music in them, mm -hmm. but nobody had ever really explored it. And what I found is that music sort of stimulated their ability to learn and, and to memorize. And the more things that we did, the more quickly they were able to learn. The teachers were amazed. Because oh, we did wow. a couple of shows yeah. there, which had, they had never done before, mm -hmm. and uh, it was it was really neat. Oh, that's fantastic! And what were the the, the ages varied? Uh, were they from let's say little kids or they were older middle uh, middle school and high school? Uh, let's say from thirteen up to uh, in some cases 20, 21, 22. Okay, uh, while you were in that process, did you ever miss going back? Did you ever miss those times in Holland, or did you ever have the idea of wanting to come back over uh, to Europe? You know, I've I, I've had that idea because my wife passed away in 2017 from ALS, oh, and okay. uh, you know, I, I really started uh, thinking about coming back to Holland then because I have so many friends, so many great colleagues. You amongst them. Oh, uh, thank you. you know. Thank you. Appreciate and, it. And, and, and one thing about Holland, too, is that it's a small country, but it's amazingly full with great talent and so many great, you know, internationally known musicians pass through Holland. You know, I mean, when you and I used to work with Jopen Ende doing the big events and so forth. You know, how, how many international musicians did we, we run across and get to that's, know? That's that's true. There were a lot of musicians passing through that way. That's right. Holland was a sort of a, a, a I always looked at Holland as a sort of a 51st state when it came to uh, a lot of the things compared to the other European countries, because it was like, uh, uh, yeah, it was just like going to another state in America. There was yeah. and a, a lot of a lot of musicians, uh, great musicians uh, born there. A lot of Dutch musicians are very good. They're still today. There's a lot of young, brand new young talent that's still there. And uh, of course, unfortunately, with the COVID, we've had to be more creative. But in a way, I think that's also if we look at if we only look at the negative side of it and not look at the positive side, which is it gives people time to reevaluate themselves, recreate themselves and and throw some positive energy out there to help others, you know. So oh, yeah. listen, 
I've got my 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 last question. I would like to actually ask you, uh, which I ask uh, each of the artists. There's a, of course, our theme today is based on uh, giving, and um, I would like to know what does giving mean for you. Well, you know, giving me is is actually a lot of times giving back. And, uh, you know, the one thing about music is, is the more I learned, you know, picked up things from the, the great masters, which we all do, you know, that's what jazz is all about, is, is when, when you see how people smile, that when they're tapping a foot, when they're, they're listening, they're, 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 they give the compliment. And what I've had a couple of times, which blew me away, was when a woman started crying, you know, and I thought, holy crap, I'm playing bad tonight. But, you know, she said, oh, so beautiful, you know, and, and, and you, you know, you could maybe laugh about it, but it, that's a, a wonderful thing. And then when I, when I was teaching and, and especially those special ed kids, the Down syndrome kids that, that just loved everything and, and just were so glued on, to pick up everything that I had to give, that was, that was giving, you know, that it's, it's just you know, it's just, it's just more, the most wonderful thing that you could experience. I can, I can imagine. It's, it's just always a good feeling, especially when you're, when you can see a kid smiling because they're enjoying themselves. And music is one of the most beautiful gifts you can offer uh, to a person because it's, 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 it, it's, it's, it's like vitamins for the soul, you know? Yeah. And that's, 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 that's really wonderful, man. Do you, do, um, do you have one, one little last small thing about giving, um, are you still doing those kind of things uh, in the in your your neighborhood? Are you you still helping kids or doing special workshops and all? I know you said you mentioned something about uh, doing Black History Month. You you had to posted some things on your on your page. Oh, uh, what, uh, uh, when my wife me. died from ALS, I started three groups on Facebook. One was an uh, information group that's closed only for ALS patients and caregivers. And um, because especially four years when a certain person became president, a lot of those people were had great ideas that they would type back and forth, but mm -hmm. they had no voice to speak to them. So I started a news group um, and, and there's a lot of ALS patients and caregivers on there. But then I also started a music group. And um, uh, this past uh, February for Black History Month, I uh, posted uh, a large amount of, uh, no, yeah, just videos and uh, history about some of the great musicians that have made the, you know, American music what it is. Right, right, and, right. And, and they have given so much. And one of the things that I wrote at the end is that actually if it wasn't for the, that black history and music, I wouldn't have had a career. You know, okay. So. And and now you're giving back all the things uh, with via your music, uh, via your organization. You know the ALS and all to uh, other people out there, young, young, young and old, huh? You because you're also working with people of different ages, right? Right. Yeah. And so you know, I'm not teaching anymore because I had to retire when my wife became ill because I had to take care of her. But right. uh, you know, and I could I could I could have sat and and moped and uh, mourned the whole time and. Sober, but I thought, you know, let me do something positive with that energy and the love that I got from her. Well, that's you beautiful. Know. And I'm sure she's shining a lot of positive energy down on you in spirit, spiritual ways, man. 
That's, that's either wonderful. that or she's, she's telling me to get off my butt and clean the house. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, now I would love, I would love to talk on with you for forever, man. I mean, we, we, we go way back. We've experienced some nice things and you're a fantastic musician and a wonderful person as well. And I want to thank you so much for coming on the show and spreading a lot of positive energy and positive love to, to our public out there. All right. So, hey, hey, before you go though, you yeah. forgot to mention that we first met each other in Schäfening, on the, on the Kurhaus Plain. You were right. playing in the Rolls Club with Diana Berthe and with the great Ruben Little on bass. And right. I was playing in the Fliegen the Hollander. That's right. That's right. Trio. So that's where we first met. That was our first meeting. That's right. Okay, that's right. Your memory, man, your memory is better than mine. <laughs> yeah, but it's going quick. Yeah. All right, buddy. Well, listen, you take care of yourself. And uh, keep spreading the positivity there in, 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 in New Mexico. And uh, we'll talk to each other soon. And uh, right. a lot of love to you, brother. Thank you, man. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This is My Positive Podcast with Eddie C. Once again, I'd like to thank all my guests for sharing their stories. And as I said, each week we take a theme word. And this week's theme is based on giving. Giving is being available to loved ones and those in need. Giving those special moments where your music makes a person smile or shed tears of joy. Giving an open heart and not expecting anything in return. Yes, giving back what you have received over the years of growth and development in life. Well, that's it for this week. But once again, I just enjoyed talking to my friends uh, from all over the world. And, you know, I'd like to thank Keith, Lisandra, and Roger for contributing on this very first and special show with many shows to come. Um, one thing is so nice about a show like this is that you get to, to open up and share your heart with others. My name is Eddie C, and you've been listening to My Positive Podcast. You can find me on all platforms like Spotify, Android, Apple, and on Facebook. Look for My Positive Podcast. And on my website, you can reach me and reach out to me at mypositivepodcast.com. And who knows, maybe you'll be on one of my shows too. I'd like to thank my technical engineer and producer, Iswan, for helping to make this show possible. This is a production by Antwerp Podcast Service. I'm Eddie C., and I'll see you on the next episode.